Hello and welcome. This is Pastor Terry, and I'd like to welcome you to my Bible study podcast. This daily podcast is a place where we take the teachings of Scripture seriously, but ourselves, not so much. Join us as we dive into the sacred word of the Bible, and each time we read, we pray, we change the world. Welcome to Pastor Terry's Bible Study Podcast. Well, hello, everyone, and welcome to today's podcast. It is Wednesday, September the 21st, 2022, and hope you guys are having a mighty fine day. We uh, we are uh, walking through the Psalms, walking through uh, some readings through C.S. Lewis. Today, we're on Psalm 14. Um, yeah, so do some reading out of there and read a different excerpt from uh, some of C.S. Lewis's works, which is... Uh, Always gets us thinking. I'm glad you're a part of it. Good morning, Rebecca. Good morning, Mark and Diana. Molly, good morning. Thanks for taking the time to spend it with us in the Word of God together, all over the place. Clearwater, Seminole, Odessa, Ohio, Louisiana, South Carolina. Pennsylvania, Oldsmar, Palm Harbor, all kind of just spending some time together in the Word of God, learning, growing together up in Trinity, Dunedin, Safety Harbor, of course, yeah, awesome, Tarpon Springs, good morning, everybody, hello, welcome, so glad you guys are on, we're doing good today, we're doing good today. Um, board meeting last night went great so it's our september meeting so you know, it's budget season so at the church you know uh, this is kind of our budget uh preparation season in in uh, as we head towards november which is when we uh, present the budget for approval to the congregation so you know behind the scenes starting in august really is when a lot of uh budget preparation and analysis takes place. So fortunately, uh, we're in a positive trend. So that makes budgeting a whole lot easier. <laughs> a whole lot easier. It's much easier when the budget isn't growing uh, than when it's uh, when it's when it's a d declining and you have to cut and uh, when it's shrinking and you have to figure, you know, make some tough decisions. Fortunately, we're in a different season. So um, that makes the budgeting process a whole lot less stressful. So but we had that last night. So. Um, appreciate our leadership at Bayside. They're awesome. Lots of unity, lots of, uh, lots of good folks around the table. So it makes it fun. All right, you guys, let's do this. We're going to dive into Psalm chapter 14 first, and then we'll jump over and read some stuff out of C.S. Lewis. Th thanks for being on today. Um, you know what we do? We read, we pray, we change the world. I adjusted the microphone a little bit. Like, so some of you may be look, watching online. Um, so I kind of moved like before it was like right in front of my face. So I kind of twisted it and turned it down. So at least, you know, I don't know. Hopefully the sounds the same or better. Um, but at least you can see more of my face. Not that that's an asset or anything. <laughs> I'm saying that's an improvement. I'm just saying, you know, it's kind of weird when you can't see someone's mouth when they're talking. I, at least I think so. 
So look, through looking at the video, I was like, man, you can't even see my, it's, just, it's weird because the microphone is like right here in front of my face. So this kind of brings it down a little bit, but still keeps it close enough where, you know, I'm not having to yell. Um, so, yeah. So let me know. Let me know how it sounds. Let's do it. Welcome, everybody. Welcome. Um, Psalm 14. The fool says in his heart, there is, wait, did we say we read? We, we, no, we didn't. You know, we do. We read, we pray, we change the world. So Psalm 14, the fool says in his heart, there is no God. They are corrupt. Their deeds are vile. There's no one who does good. It's the fool that says in their heart that there is no God. Um, it's a foolish thing to live as if there is no God. That's what the fool says. You're going to make a lot of foolish mistakes in life if you live as if there is no God. But the fool says, oh, there's no God. So they live corrupt lives, vile. There's no one who does good. Verse 2, the Lord looks down from heaven on all of mankind to see if there are any who understand, any who seek God. He's looking down, observing the uh, the hearts of humanity. Is there anybody here trying to do good? Anybody trying to do godly stuff? Verse 3. But all have turned away. All have become corrupt. There is no one who does good. No, not one. Hmm. Think about that, man. There's like... Um, no one is uh is completely righteous, right? No one is truly um born seeking God. No. We all uh we all tend to want to make our own rules and live by our own standards. Um and fundamentally live outside of God's purpose and plan. You think about like we've talked some about this before, but like in its simplest definition, sin basically is missing the mark, right? Sin means missing the mark. And so, but then you, you take a step further back, what is, what's the mark? If sin is missing the mark, what's the mark? Well, the mark is, For human beings, it's living according to the purposes of God, the, for the purposes for which God has created us. And when you know, when God created humanity, He He created us with uh, in His image, um, in and to reflect that image, um, to display His glory and His characteristics um, to the world. Uh, but we've missed that mark. We've missed. Ref truly reflecting the character of God in all of his beauty and splendor um, as his created um, children. We've missed that mark. So sin is just creating, the, is missing the mark. So when, when we do think, when we commit sin, it's basically uh, missing the, the mark from, for which God has intended for us. You know, so if we, uh, if we lie or we cheat, we, we've missed the mark because that's not how God intended us as uh, beings who are created in the image of God to treat one another, to treat other people. We were treated to respect and to love and to be kind and to, uh, to earn what we receive, not to steal it or to, to lie about it. Um, 
And so we missed the mark. We missed the mark for which God created us. Um, it's, so essentially, it's not sin is not fundamentally about the behavior. It's about the missing the mark. <laughs> we get hung up on the behavior or the thing that is called the sin, but the bigger issue is we're missing the mark. Um, and so who gets to decide what the mark is? God. God decides what the mark is. So when God looks down on all humankind to see if there are any understand any who seek God, the truth is all have turned away, all have become corrupt. There's no one who does good, not even one. No one is born trying to hit the mark to please God. No, we try to do what we want to do. We, we miss it in different ways all the time. There's none righteous, no, not one. Do all these evildoers know nothing? Hmm. Like, don't, don't we, don't, doesn't human, don't human beings know they're missing the mark? I mean, just look around, just look outside. I mean, look around the culture. How many people are out there truly trying to please God? Mm, near many. <laughs> near many, right? No, no one's trying to see God. It's what, uh, trying to, you know, chase after their own pleasures and desires or wants. Um, with very little regard for God. So God looks down on heaven to see if there's anyone who really is trying to see God. Not, no, not really. Do all these evildoers, verse 5, uh, know nothing? They devour my people as though eating bread. They never call on the Lord. Hmm. But there they are, overwhelmed with dread, for God is present in the company of the righteous. So he's talking about, you know, kind of, to, to look, if you look at, out into the world, generally, no one's seeking God. But God does dwell in the presence of the righteous, those who are seeking to please him, seeking to live according to his purposes and plans, uh, seeking to accomplish, um, to be a, an, uh, a proper reflection of who God is. Um, yeah. Yeah, I mean, sin usually has a, is either a sin against God, a sin against someone else, or a sin against ourselves. Uh, in each of those cases, are, uh, there's an expectation for how those interactions and behaviors and uh, attitudes should function as uh, those created in the image of God, and sin is missing that mark. All have fallen short of the glory of God. All have missed the mark. But the righteous... But God is present in the company of the righteous. Man, aren't you glad about that? He's in the He's in the company of the righteous. He's He's uh, in our He's He uh, is present where the faithful are gathered. The New Testament says it this way: uh, Where two or three are gathered in my name, there I am in the midst. That's what Jesus said. <laughs> where two or three are gathered. <laughs> Where two or three are gathered, <laughs> uh, there's going to be a potluck somewhere. <laughs> two, two or three believers gathered, somebody going throw in, somebody putting together a potluck. <laughs> somebody putting a, pit, a pitch in dinner together. Ooh. Look, in the, in the church, where two or three gather, you guarantee there's some fried chicken somewhere. Where two or three gathered, two believers, two or three believers gathered, you can guarantee there's some yard birds somewhere. There's some fried chicken happening somewhere. Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> Where two or three are gathered in my name. Oh, them chickens is in trouble. 
<laughs> you know it's true. I'm just you just laughing because it's true. Mm-hmm. Tater salad. Yeah. Where two or three are gathered, there's some potato salad getting consumed in large quantities. <laughs> you know, you know what I'm saying. Uh, mm-hmm. Yes. Uh, but yeah, he says here that the uh, the God is in the present is present in the company of the righteous. Verse six: You evildoers frustrate the plans of the poor, but the Lord, but the Lord is their refuge. Yeah. All right, man. Throw some chicken legs on there. I like it. Little drumsticks. Which, by the way, I'm just a little little in person, little uh, unscientific survey. Uh, flats or drums. You know, you go on chicken wings, you're gonna go some chicken wings. You you you, you flats or wings? I mean flats flats or drums, flats or drums. I'm more flats, I'll be honest with you. Now I know, I know, I know there's more meat on the uh the drum. I get that. I I'm, I'm not just, I don't think that's really uh disputable. Um, uh, but in terms of eatability, <laughs> which is a technical term, in terms of eatability. I'm more of a flat. I mean, you can just, you know, you can just, you can, you can wipe that flat clean. You know what I'm saying? Like just come, you can, I mean, you got nothing left but the bone, but the wing, I mean, but the drum to get all of the meat and there's more, there's meat on the drum, more meat on the drum, but to get all the meat, you got to do a lot of work. You got to do a lot of work. So, um, you know, I'm more, I like flats, man. Yeah. I see some, I see some, some of my brothers and sisters out there saying, amen, flats. Yeah. So, yeah. You know, I, I, I know there's way more meat on, I mean, it's probably two to one in terms of meat. I never really did a, like a, like a test just to like pull the meat off of a drum and then pull the meat off a similar size wing, uh, flat and see which one had more. But I mean, just an eyeball test. Just flat out eyeball test. I'm gonna say the drum has more meat, but give me the flats all day long, because I can knock down three flats while you're still working on that drum. <laughs> so what you gotta do? You gotta make sure you go get wings with someone who wants the opposite of what you want, right? So you can they don't be taking you flats. I'm be taking my flats, man. So problem is in our household. Me and Christy both want the flats. So when I look back at the bowl, there ain't nothing left back in the in the bowl but drums. I'm like, where'd all the flats go? But I know where they went. They went in her in her in her down her her chute. I'm like, hey, yo, come on now. Anyway, I'm gonna have to get some. I'm gonna have to get some chicken wings for lunch. I think. But where two or three are gathered, somebody eating some chicken wings. <laughs> I mean, I can't really laugh. I still have this stupid pinched nerve. So I, when I laugh, I know you guys online or on the podcast, you can't see this, but it's like when I laugh, it's like, <laughs> yeah, it kind of goes, goes weird. Man, like it's still all crazy up in here. I'm back. Did I tell you guys how this craziness happened to begin with? I don't know. All of this up in my neck started from trying from doing burpees. If you don't know burpees, it's just an exercise, right? It's you jump, you you squat, you do a like a push up, and you jump back up. And that's one. And you do, you know, so you up, down, squat, you know, push up, up, two. Anyway, 
So I was watching this guy online. That's always how that always how it starts. It goes bad, right? Watching this guy, guy online. Now he's in good shape. I ain't gonna lie to you, but he's he does like a hundred a day, and he's been doing this for like I don't know five years. I'm like I can't do a hundred a day, but you know what? I'm gonna start. I'm just gonna start. I'm gonna start doing like I'm gonna do fifty. I'm gonna start doing fifty. Fifty a day. And I did. About three weeks ago, I started doing 50 a day. And pretty much that was my workout. I do 50 a day. Then I get on the elliptical for like 25, 30 minutes, do some exercise, just, you know, some cardio. But boom. And naturally, you know, it got, my shoulders got sore from the workout. Well, then, so I just thought, you know, it was just soreness. And once that soreness kind of loosened up, it would be fine. And now, so I did this for two weeks. I mean, I went for two weeks doing little, most days more than 50. And it never went away. <laughs> the soreness never went away. It was just like knotted up. And once this, even once the soreness, the muscle soreness went away, I realized, nah, man, I got like a pinched nerve. <laughs> like, there's, like there's some issues back there. This isn't just muscle tightness. This is like more than that. And so, so all that to say, man, this working out stuff is for the birds, dude. That's for the birds. That stuff will kill you, man. Shoot. I was feeling fine until I started doing those burpees. And then the burpees, they broke me down. So, anyway. So, anyway, all that to say, when I, I start laughing, it's like, you know, when I get really, you know, tickled. I did. I went to see John, and uh, yeah. So, but I went to when you start to get tickled, it like it doesn't tickle. You know what I'm saying? Like I get tickled, but it don't tickle. You know, it don't tickle. And um, yeah, yeah. Money jiggle jiggle, but the the laugh don't tickle tickle. <laughs> oh, actually. You know, most of the time your money don't jiggle, jiggle. You know why? Because it's paper. I mean, if your money jiggling, jiggling, I don't know. I'm going off on a tangent now. But if your money money jiggle, jiggle, you probably need another Jabba Jabba. You know what I'm saying? Like, if all your money jiggle, 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 anyway, then it's probably time for a new job. Unless you work at an arcade or something, or like a car wash. Uh, it's plastic, right? It don't jiggle, jiggle. It's plastic, man. It's in a, it's in a dang billfold, man. And anyway, so my money don't, I said I'm all messed up. Money don't jiggle, jiggle, and my neck don't tickle, tickle. <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Money don't jiggle, jiggle, and my neck don't, it don't tickle, tickle. So, anyway, I don't know. Anyway, back to the Word of God and more productive matters. Um, um, shoot, I don't even know where I'm at. Uh, verse 7. Oh, that salvation for Israel would come out of Zion when the Lord restores his people. Let Jacob rejoice and Israel be glad. Yeah. That is hood, yeah. Oh, that salvation for Israel would come out of Zion when the people, when the Lord restores the people. Let Jacob, let Jacob rejoice and Israel be glad. Wow. The psalm writer is what? He's saying, man, you know what? I look around. There's no one righteous. No, not one. 
everyone kind of goes their own way, man. I'm just looking for the day when God restores the people of God. He comes and, and saves the people. Well, it's kind of a prophetic psalm, right? Looking forward to the time of Jesus where he restores, and he did. Praise be to God. Yeah, he restored us. Uh, not by our own righteousness and goodness, but through him. Yes, indeed. All right. Uh, let's go over to C.S. Lewis, see what he has to say today. This is a, a reading for September 21st, which is today. And the lesson, the uh, the heading, the, the title, is Lessons from Practicing Christian Virtues. It's the English spelling of, uh, the proper English spelling of practicing. It's with an S, P-R-A-C-T-I-S-I-N-G. Lessons for, pra but it means the same thing, just looks cooler. Lessons for practicing Christian virtues. All right. So doing this is kind of interesting because this is kind of tied to what we just read about doing good, doing vir you know, being virtuous, doing uh, you know, good things. So he says here, I've, he's C.S. Lewis. I've learned some lessons about practicing Christian virtues. Let's see what he says. The main thing we learn from a serious attempt to practice the Christian virtues is that we fail. Hmm. So love, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, self control. All those things that are like virtues of the Christian life. Uh, first thing we we uh, we notice when we uh, you know we step up and say, you know what, I'm going to start living those virtues. The first thing we notice is we fail. Hmm, he's right. He's right. We fail. We can't do it. If there was any idea that God had set us uh, a sort of exam and that we might get good marks by deserving them, that has to be wiped out. So of any kind of notion that God, that, you know, that there's some kind of exam and God set it up so that we could, you know, pass it with flying colors. Uh, yeah, that ain't the truth. That, ain't, that, ain't, that's, that, that notion is wiped out. If there was any idea of a sort of bargain, any idea that we could perform our side of the contract and thus God is in our debt so that it was up to him in mere justice to perform his side, that has to be wiped out. Hmm. So the idea that, you know, uh, you know, God has set up this thing. If you just do the Christian virtues, then uh, I will, I will be, I will keep my end of the bargain, and I will, you know, fulfill my debt to you by keep because you kept your, the Christian, you know, these uh, these virtues, these godly virtues. He's like, uh, if that were the idea, that's probably wiped, that's wiped out really quick because we can't keep it. So the idea that this sort of like, you know, do good things and God's going to do good things for you, uh, uh, ain't gonna work that way because we can't do enough good things. We fail. So the idea that God set up uh, his, uh, you know, his economy, his salv his, uh, his, his ways of salvation are based on, as if they were based on our good works, C.S. Lewis says, nah, it ain't, ain't going to work like that. that. Any idea like that is quickly wiped out because we realize pretty quick it's hard to be loving. It's hard to be uh, filled with goodness and kindness and self-control. We blow it on the regular. I think everyone has some vague belief in God until he becomes a Christian, has the idea of exam. So uh, so those who kind of have a vague idea of, um, of God kind of start with this idea that there's an exam, there's a test. And if I can do more good things than bad things, then and I get a passing grade on the exam, then me and God, we good. It says that's what most people, that's what a lot of people who have a, a vague notion of God believe. Until you become a Christian and you realize that's not exactly how it works at all. The first result of real Christianity is to blow that idea into bits. You know, exam, 
When they find it blown into bits, some people think this means that Christianity is a failure and give up. They seem to imagine that God is very simple-minded. In fact, of course, he knows all about this. One of the very things Christianity was, was designed to do was to blow this idea to bits. The purpose for Christianity was to blow this idea of uh, us trying to pass a good-bad exam, blow that idea to bits. I mean, look at the cross. Look at what Jesus did on the cross. The, the whole reason Jesus came and gave his life as a sacrifice for sin is because we can't pass the test. He passed the test for us. Jesus said, give me that test, man. Give me that test. I'm going to keep all the virtues. I'm going to keep, I'm going to be good. I'm going to fulfill all the law, and I'm going to give my life in place for your failures, my perfect life in the place of your imperfect life. So Christianity blows the idea of a sort of virtue test out of the water. We aren't saved by how well we keep certain virtues. We're saved by grace, grace in that has been extended to us through Jesus. Yeah. God has been waiting for this moment at which you discover that there is no question of earning a pass mark in this exam or putting him in your debt. I mean, God, whenever we discover that, man, I can't, I can't be good enough. I can't get God to owe me salvation. I can't do enough good things that God owes me salvation. Once that clicks and you realize that, it's game on. That's the whole thing God's been waiting for. Yes, you're starting to see it. You're starting to see what God has done for you. And that the whole purpose for Jesus was that we can't pass this uh, exam. Then comes another discovery. Every faculty you have, your power of thinking or of moving your limbs from... I can't move my limbs. I can't, but not really, not much. But yeah, that's Maybe it's an exaggeration, but anyway... I get his point. He's saying everything we are able to do, every faculty you have, your power of thinking or of moving your limbs from moment to moment is given to you by God. Hmm. Even that is given to you. Even the ability to do some good things, your ability to do any of that is given to you by God. <laughs> if you devoted every moment of your whole life exclusively, exclusively to his service, you could not give him anything that was not, in a sense, his own, own already. So if so hypothetically, if we were to devote our lives to Christian service from the day we were born and we did, you know, even even if that were possible, we still owe God because he's the one who gave us the ability to do anything. Mm, that's what he's saying. So that when we talk of a man doing anything for God or giving anything to God, I will tell you what it is really like. So. What does it mean when we do things for God to? Well, here's the truth. It is like a small child going to his father and saying, Daddy, give me six pence to buy you a birthday present. Of course, the father does, and he is pleased with the child's present. It's all very nice and proper, but only an idiot would think that the father is six pence to the good on the transaction. Wow. It was a group band. Six pence, none the richer. Remember that? Kiss me. Beneath the milky twilight. Yeah, that was really bad. But that's sixpence none the richer. That was a that was a song. And anyway, they had that was their, the band's name was sixpence none the richer. It's basically about that, right? If God gives us everything we have, He gives us everything. So if we give something back to God, it's not like God has made money on the transaction. He gave us everything. It was His to begin with. 
If I give you $20 and I say, hey, can I borrow $20? And you give me back $20. I didn't make $20. It was my $20. <laughs> and so you think about all the things that God has given. Everything we have has been given by God. So in the strictest sense, when we do things for God, when we offer things to God, it's not because God needs it. It's not that God has, you know, uh, gained on the transaction. It's because uh, we do it out of service and love and devotion to him. And he, he appreciates it, of course. Just like the, the example, the child who brings dad a present with dad's own money, of course, it's beautiful. It's appreciated. It's a sweet thing. But strictly speaking, dad paid for the gift. <laughs> and that's true uh, with all the things that God has given us. Uh, he's given us all of our gifts and abilities and talents. And man, he's given you so many gifts and abilities and talents. You know, take inventory of all the things God has given you and blessed you with. It's, uh, it's awesome. And uh, you are uh, wonderfully made. You are wonderfully gifted and, uh, and talented. And, um, and it delights God when we use those gifts for his glory. Uh, but he doesn't owe us when we do. He delights in it, but he doesn't owe us. Um, that's awesome. All right, you guys. Uh, we kind of went off on a couple of tangents today, but you know, we 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 gleaned some spiritual truth. Let's uh let's pray before we wrap this up. Lord, thank you so much for your goodness and grace. Thank you for uh, grace that saves us. Lord, we are not saved of our own works. We're saved by faith through by grace through faith, and uh, we thank you for that. It is our faith in Jesus because He was righteous. He was the only one that was righteous. And we uh, know that it is through him that we have new life and joy. God, we pray that today we would use our gifts and our talents and our abilities, all those things that you've given us freely uh, to, to bless others, Lord. Help us to bless people. Help us to encourage people. Help us to do it all in a way that brings glory and honor to your name. God, you are good, and we are thankful to call you our Father. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. God bless you today. Thank you so much for being on the podcast today. Hope you have a fantastic day. Uh, go get you some of them chicken wings, man. Get you, get you some drums, flats, whatever you like. Just have a great day. We'll see you next time, guys. We love you. See you next time. Bye. Thank you for joining me on today's podcast. I hope you enjoyed the show. If this episode has been an encouragement to you, take a minute to subscribe or comment or share it with your friends. You can find me, Pastor Terry, and Bayside Church on all social media platforms. You can find Bayside at Bayside Church SH. Until next time, remember, God's word is true. Everything else is merely commentary. God bless you. We'll see you next time.